Amen. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to the Oasis. We're glad all of you are here, and we're glad you're joining us from your homes this morning, wherever you are. Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah 50. And remember those words of Nicole at the end of her prayer, because that's exactly what the title of the message is. God is enough. That's what I want us to remember today. God is enough. He enables us to endure triumphantly. We are in the midst of a section of Isaiah called the servant section. It is a section where God is reminding the nation of Israel, you're my servant. And sometimes God asks his servants to do hard things, sometimes to go through deep waters and flooded streams and raging fires like we've been talking about recently, right? It wasn't a matter of if we go through those things, it's a matter of when we go through those things, as God says in Isaiah 43. But we're also going to begin to see today that there's a lot of messianic prophecy now in these passages we're going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks. And that not only is Israel the servant of God, but that the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God, comes as the servant of God as well. And that God is going to enable him to also endure all that he has to endure triumphantly. And you're going to begin to see some of these verses today. It's like, oh, okay, that, that refers to Jesus. But you and I can apply the principles of this chapter to each of us. Because we are also, as New Testament Christians, we're called the servants of God. God asks us to be his servants. Not just at certain times, but at all times. 24-7, we are to make ourselves available to God. So this message, I truly hope and pray is going to be extremely relevant and hopefully strengthening and encouraging to each of you today. But this message is especially going to be directed to those of you who are listening from your homes today and who are here this morning and you're weary. You're exhausted. You're fatigued. You're struggling to keep your head above water. You're wondering how you're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. This message is especially for you. And maybe right where you are in your life now, that maybe this message isn't even for you, but as we're going to see this morning, as God's servant, maybe this is a message that you can use to encourage someone who is in that place. Who is in that place. Remember, as the servant of God, Israel was now going through exile. And it was hard. And God wanted, through the prophet Isaiah, to give them a word of encouragement and strength and assurance in the midst of their exile. Sometimes trials are very short and sometimes they're prolonged and protracted. And it's especially those seasons of our life that are 
difficult when they're prolonged and, and protracted that it can really begin to drain on us and where we can get very spiritually and emotionally and, and, and physically fatigued and weary and exhausted and feel like giving up and throwing in the towel. So today, especially, this is for you. This is for you. Notice what God says through the prophet to his people in chapter 50, the first couple verses. This is what the Lord said. By the way, capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah, the covenant name for the God of Israel, the one who keeps his word, the one who keeps his promises. Why is that significant? Because notice what God's going to say next. Where's your mother's divorce certificate by which I divorced her? Or which of my creditors did I sell you? God is basically saying, look, I have not given up on you. You may be going through a really difficult time right now, but that is not a sign that I've given up on you. I never give up on you, God is saying. I have not written you off. I will never write my people off. And God is saying the same thing to us today. Many times when we go through very difficult seasons, we may think God's given up on us or God's written us off. And God is saying to his people today, I've never divorced you. I've never sold you off. I am right here for you. Then the question becomes to his people, have we written God off? Have we given up on him in what he can do for us and and through us, especially going through these very difficult Seasons of our life? In verse 2, God says, Why does no one challenge me when I come? That's sort of an unfortunate English translation. He's basically calling out his people for a lack of trust in him. No one showed up when God arrived. I'm here, but no one's around. And then he says, Why does no one respond when I call? And then he says this, Is my hand as God too weak to deliver you? (laughs) Am I powerless? Am I ineffective? Then he goes on, do I lack the power to rescue you, to, to have the ability and the capacity to do so? God says, look, with a mere shout, I can dry up the sea. I can turn streams into a desert so that fish rot away and die from lack of water. I can clothe the sky in darkness. I can cover it with sackcloth. Basically, God's saying, I can speak anything and it can be, trust me, trust me. Sort of reminds me in the Gospels, Jesus is telling a story and encouraging his followers that we ought always to pray and not to faint or give up or grow weary. Staying connected to God through prayer. And then Jesus ends that passage by saying, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And the sort of implication is not very much. That that many even of his own people have given up on him, have written him off as far as who he is and and what he can do and, and how 
that there is no situation, no trial, no season of our life that God can't bring us through. There's no water too deep that God can't get us through it. There's no flooded stream too strong that God can't lead us through it. There's no raging fire that God cannot bring his people through. And he's simply saying, I will never give up on you. I will never write you off. So don't do that with me. Trust me here. Trust me in this moment. Trust me in this season and know that I can give you all that you need. I am your sufficient God. I am always enough for you. And yes, as my servant, I may call you into a season where you have to go through deep waters and flooded streams and raging fires and hard things. But as we sung about, when God calls us to those things, will we say, so will I, God, I'm I'm going to follow you because that's what servants do. We follow no matter how hard the road is that God is laying out before us because God has all kinds of purposes, some that we'll never maybe know or realize till we get to eternity of why God is asking us to walk the road that he's walked, that he's asking us to walk. In fact, notice in verse 4, how God is reminding his people that our pain is always purposeful and temporary compared to those that do not know God. He says, the sovereign Lord, that's the absolute ruler and master of the universe. God is the sovereign Lord. And notice, the servant now is speaking here. And the servant is saying, the sovereign Lord has given me the capacity, the know-how to be his spokesman or his servant so that I know how to help the weary, the fatigued, the exhausted, the faint-hearted, those that are ready to throw in the towel, those that are ready to give up. The servant is saying, I am following the absolute ruler and master of the universe, and he's given me the capacity, the ability, the wherewithal to be able to help others when they're going through difficult seasons. This is one of just the many purposes of why God sometimes asks us to walk a hard road. I mean, Certainly, there's times in our life where our suffering or our pain is because of the sin of others or our own sin, okay? Right. But God wants also to show us that there's times where he asks us to walk the hard road because it's going to fit us for eternity. And we wouldn't choose that road, but it's fitting us for eternity. And he says, There are also times where I'm going to ask you to walk a difficult road because it's going to give you a greater ability, a greater capacity, a greater empathy, a greater sympathy and compassion to be able to help others when they're going through hard times as well. And that's what the servant's saying. 
You see, sometimes God calls us to suffer, not out of justice, but out of love. A love for God and a love for others. Sometimes our suffering and pain has very little to do with us and has more to do with how God can use what we're going through and how he's magnifying himself through us as we go through it to reach in and touch someone else's life and either bring them to salvation or to even encourage and strengthen other Christians at the time. Paul talks about this. He says, when I was in jail, I realized that God was using how I approached my time in prison to to encourage and embolden other Christians, you see. So again, as we've been learning about on Wednesday night, in our study of the life of Joseph, God can accomplish many things at the very same time. And God wants his people to know that. I mean, let's face it, we're going to begin talking here about verses that apply to the ultimate servant of the Lord, Jesus. And every suffering and pain that Jesus went through, it wasn't because he deserved it. He went through it because of his love for us and his love for the Father. So he said, not my will, but yours be done. God is saying, I need servants like that. And and I need servants who don't give up on me and don't write me off and realize that as I ask you to walk that difficult road, I'm enough. I'm sufficient. I got my own son through that difficult road. I can get you through that difficult road. And I can use your time walking that road, again, to enhance your ability to be able to help other people, to be able to speak into their lives and minister to them at a level that you never could if you never suffered or experienced pain. I've shared this before, and you all, this is obviously something that you all know as well. You can have someone that is your friend or an acquaintance or whatever that is trying to maybe help you through a difficult time. And as best that they're trying to do it, if they've never been through what you've been through, they're limited. But you sit across from someone who's been through exactly what you've went through, there's a power there. There's a connection there. You can look into their eyes and you know they get you because you know they've walked down that same road and made it like you're walking through right now. That's what God is saying to his people here. And notice then, because of that, what he says, so that I may know how to help the weary. So notice what God does to his servants. He wakes me up every morning, opening my eyes to the possibilities of every day. God, what do you have for me today as your servant? I make myself available. Listen, the greatest ability for us as Christians is our availability our availability. That means more to God than what kind of skills and talents and gifts. I mean, 
That's great, and God gives us those too. But God is just looking for somebody that is open to the possibilities of being his servant every day and making themselves available. Notice the servant goes on to say, he makes me alert. He opens then my ears so that I can listen attentively as disciples do. I'm tuned into his voice every day. And the sovereign Lord, verse 5, has spoken to me clearly. I have not rebelled or in the Hebrew become bitter through my difficult road. I have not turned back or retreated. And now you begin to see the verses that specifically refer to the Messiah and to Jesus. I offered my back to those who attacked, my jaws to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from insults and spitting. The servant was willing to go through whatever God was asking him to go through at the time. Not because he deserved it, but out of his love for the Father and for others, knowing that God is sufficient and that he is enough. Some of us struggle like God why me? Why are you asking me to go through this? And, you know, we've all probably been there at times, but we always need to be reminded, you know who could have said that more than anyone else? Jesus. Jesus. And yet he was willing to do it as the servant because he knew that God the Father could enable him to endure triumphantly all that he was going to experience. Notice verse 7. The first of two times, and this is a phrase that I really want us to zero in on this morning, and I want you to keep in mind in the days and weeks and months and years ahead that you have here on this earth. Verse 7, but the sovereign Lord helps me. I offered my back. I, I gave my face to those that pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from insults and spitting. Why? Because the sovereign Lord, the ruler and master of the universe, helps me. Literally in the Hebrew, surrounds me. The Lord can do for his servants what we could never do for ourselves. So the servant goes on to say, because of his help, I'm not humiliated. I'm not ashamed that I'm being called to walk this road. In fact, he goes on to say, I love this language. He said, for this reason, I am steadfastly resolved. I am firm. I am immovable. I know I will not be put to shame. In a sense, he's saying, I know I will never regret being the Lord's servant. Whew. Heady stuff. The one who vindicates me is close by. He's near. He's literally next to us at all times. Think about that. God helps us. He is with us. And so the servant goes on to say, who dares to argue with me? I've written here my little paraphrases at times. Who dares mess with me? I'm the servant of the Most High God. Who dares mess with me? Let us confront each other. I wrote down, bring it on. 
Who is my accuser? Who's trying to take me down? Let him challenge me. Look, God is saying, behold, my people, see, the sovereign Lord helps me. When you and I are going through the deep waters and the flooded streams and the raging fires, he is right there surrounding us. Again, let's go back to the book of Daniel and see that God was with Daniel in the lion's den. He didn't prevent Daniel from going into the lion's den, but he sure was there, and he brought Daniel out of the lion's den and through the lion's den. He was with the three of Daniel's friends in the raging, fiery furnace. He didn't prevent them from going in, but boy, he sure was there surrounding surrounding them while they were there and they came through it and they came out of it. And God is saying to us today, I am enough for you. You may not understand why sometimes I ask you to walk those hard, difficult roads and those paths, but you've got to understand that when I do it, it's always purposeful. It's either to, to benefit you or bless you in some way, or maybe it has very little to do with you, and I'm using your road of suffering and pain to reach into the lives of other people and to bring them to Christ. How great would it be someday for you to realize that some of those days where you felt like giving up, you were weary, you were exhausted, you were fatigued, but by God's grace, you hung in there and you stuck it out, that you will meet people in heaven one day who came to know the Lord because of you and your example and modeling the, the Christian road the way that you did. Or maybe it's another Christian who was feeling like giving up, and now there's, they meet you in heaven and say, that when you didn't give up, that encouraged me not to give up too. Because the Lord helps us. And so the servant goes on to say, who dares to condemn me? I wrote down, who dares make trouble for me? Look, all of them will wear themselves out trying to take us down. They're like a moth that will be eaten up and consumed by trying to stop us. Because when we're doing what God wants us to do, we're unstoppable. As Jesus said, I can build my church and my people right at the gates of hell, and the gates of hell won't even prevail against it. We're an unstoppable force when we're serving the Lord, even when we're going through those difficult days and those hard times. And there may be people who try to take advantage of us during those times, because we are vulnerable. We can become spiritually, emotionally, and, and physically drained, and, and that's where we can become vulnerable. But God is saying, I'm enough. I'm enough. Jesus is a great example of this. Even his own followers, most of them turned their backs on him when the going got really tough for him. It was pretty much just him and the Father going through at that point. And then he even got to the point where because of being our sin bearer, even the father had to turn his back on his own son for just a moment in time. It was just Jesus. You and I will never experience that. We will never know in our life what it was like to be abandoned by God. Because God's always with us. He never writes us off. He never gives up on us. 
And God is saying to each of us today then, don't give up on me. Don't write me off in what I can do with you and through you and for you when I'm asking you as my servant to go through those difficult days. And then look at verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord? Who has a healthy reverence and respect for God? Who obeys or listens carefully to his servant? Because whoever is walking right now in deep darkness without any light, oh, just keep trusting in the name of the Lord and relying on your God. There's three phrases that I would like you to remember from this passage especially. And if you're a Bible marker like I am, then I would encourage you to mark these. The first phrase of verse 7, the sovereign Lord helps me. The first phrase of verse 9, the sovereign Lord helps me, repeated twice in the passage. And then this phrase out of verse 10, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on your God. God is saying, I understand that there are times in your life where you're walking in deep darkness. There's darkness all around you. You're going through a really hard, difficult season of your life right now. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of light. And you can't even see any light at the end of the tunnel at this point. God is saying, even in those moments, here's what I need you to do. I need you to trust in the name of your God and rely upon me. Even as you're walking in those times of deep darkness. Let's talk about this phrase because it's really important. The word trust means to put your complete confidence in. God is saying, put your complete total confidence in me. And the phrase name of the Lord simply embodies all that we believe our God to be. So I guess the question we have to ask ourselves then is, who's our God? When I think of God, who do I think him to be? A.W. Tozer, one of the great theologians in the last 500 years, said the most important thought any Christian has is what do they think of when they think of their God? What concept do they have of their God? Who do they believe their God to be? That's why the Bible uses the phrase the name of the Lord so much because it literally encapsulates or embodies all that we believe our God to be at this point. And so God is saying, who do you, who do you believe that I am? Because if you believe I am who I have revealed myself to be throughout your whole life, then you know you can put your complete confidence in me. 
It's why we have verses in the Bible like this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved, delivered, rescued. Calling on the name of the Lord, knowing who our God is. Or how about from the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are set safely on high. We're not just walking in, we're running to God because we know he's enough. We know he is sufficient. And then the word rely. The word rely means to rest all of our weight on God. I've illustrated this before. I brought a chair up one Sunday and I said, literally, God is saying, don't, don't partially lean on me. I need you to get to the place where you trust me like you trust sitting in that chair and you know, at least in your mind, that chair's going to hold me. God is saying to his people today, I need you to have that kind of faith and trust and reliance and dependence upon me where you don't just rest part of your weight on me, part of your life on me, but you rest it all on me. Complete reliance, complete dependence upon me because I am your God and I am enough. I will help you. I will be with you in all of this. And if God is for us, who can be against us? One final verse, verse 11. It's sort of a strange verse. We may think that, well, People are lighting their own light. That's a good thing, right? No, not in this context. God says, look, all of you who start a fire and who equip yourselves with flaming arrows and walk in the light of the fire you start and among the flaming arrows that you ignite, this is what you will receive from me. You will lie down in a place of pain. God is basically speaking here to those who do not rely and depend upon him, who reject his help because they are faithless, who are self-sufficient, who are trying to, to light their own fires through the darkness. In a sense, it's God saying, you reject because of your lack of faith in me, my help. So then what do you turn around and do? You try to create your own light and your own fire. You, you try to create your own ways of coping, your own ways of navigating through the difficult times of life. And God is basically saying, where does that get you? God says, I'll tell you where it gets you. It gets you to a path that only leads to multiplied and unending pain. See, the pain of one of God's servants is always purposeful and it is temporary. As you've heard me say before, this is the only hell that you and I as God's people will ever know. But for those who are faithless and reject the help of God to navigate through the deep waters and flooded streams and raging fires of life, and who try to light their own fire to help them through these times, their own coping mechanisms, you and I know that only leads to more pain because they, they not only have the pain of what they're dealing with, 
But now the things that they are choosing, whether it be, you know, drugs or alcohol or, you know, we, we could name it, right? The different things that people turn to to try to cope and make it through only add to the pain. Only add to it. And so God is saying to all of us, whether we know him personally or not, I'm enough. And God makes no bones about it. He never tells us life's going to be easy. <laughs> he never tells us again that there won't be those difficult times. In fact, he even says about us as his servants, because many times as God's people are like, well, God, I'm serving you, so does, shouldn't that mean that everything go well? <laughs> you know, no. That's where the, the false teachings and the false gospels that, that tell people that if, if you give your life to God and you turn your life over to God and you follow him, you know, you'll be healthy and wealthy and all of that all your life and you'll never have any issues. But that's not biblical. I've been able to spend a, a little bit of time just me and God, which I don't get as much as I like, but last couple days i just been me and God. And one of the things God revealed to me that I want to hold to, and I, I hope it'll encourage and strengthen you is what is Christianity? You ever think about that? What really is Christianity? And it was like I clearly heard God say, you know what Christianity is, Jeff? Christ. That's what you have. You have Christ. You don't necessarily have health all the time. You, you don't necessarily have an easy life. You, you don't necessarily have things always go your way. You, you don't necessarily have times where I'm not going to ask you to do something hard or difficult. But here's what you have when you have me. You have Jesus, and he's enough for you no matter what you go through. That's the essence of what we believe, and that's what we've got to preach that's what we've got to teach. That's what we've got to model. That's what we've got to proclaim. That's what we've got to share. We've got to call people to Jesus and remind them that Jesus will always be enough for you. And if, if there's anybody who knows what it's like to suffer and go through pain and all of that and to do it totally unjustly, it's our Lord Jesus. And yet, he willingly accepted it because he knew it was purposeful and it was temporary. I love that verse in Hebrews where it says that Jesus took on all that he did because he saw the joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him. And God is saying the same thing to us. Again, today, whether you're watching from your homes or you're here today, maybe right now, you're weary, you're fatigued, you're exhausted, you're, you're struggling. God is saying, just take me by the hand today. 
and trust in the name of the Lord your God and rely upon me. I am enough for you. I've not given up on you. I never will. I've not written you off. I never will. So God is asking his people today especially, don't give up on me. Don't write me off into who I am and what I can be for you, even if I ask you to walk that road. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. And as they're getting settled and set here on the platform, I know in just a minute, we're all going to stand and, and worship the Lord who is enough for us. But I just want to ask before we all stand today, is there anyone here this morning that you're sort of at a place you go, you know what? I feel like that servant did at the end of chapter 50. Who dares mess with me? Who's trying to bring me down? Bring it on. Who's making trouble for me? They're not going to be able to do it. And I'm going to take my stand in my God today. Would you just stand right now? Anyone? Just take your stand today. Say, I'm standing. Amen. Yeah. I'm going to stand. I'm going to take my stand today in my God. Amen. Let's all join them. Let's all stand. Father God, may we, Lord, trust in you with all of our heart. Lean not unto our own understanding and in all our ways acknowledge you and know that you will direct our path. May we rely upon you and rest all of our weight upon you because, God, you are enough for us. And if we've come here this morning struggling, that's okay. God understands there's going to be those times. God knew his own people were struggling here. And yet he said, I want to send you this word so that you can keep going and not give up and not faint and not throw in the towel. And God is using this very same word today to do the same thing to his people today. Don't give up on me, God says. Don't write me off, because I'll never give up on you, and I'll never write you off. God, use our time today to strengthen us and solidify us in you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.